And here is part of the problem. Satan comes in through weak vessels. And because he doesn't like the image, because you are the image of God. I never want you to see what you really look like. I never want you to know what you really are. If I can convince you that you are nothing, you'll just be that son waiting for his, his dad to die to inherit a junkyard. He didn't do better for himself. He didn't make better choices for himself. So he's going to inherit you a junkyard. God says, I have a greater inheritance for you. I just read he gave us dominion. 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 Until you realize that you were not made to be what they called you. You have to realize that you are not made to be what they called you. I don't care if they called you an all-American dummy. I don't care if they called you a dummy, an idiot, the B word, the, the you know, if they, whatever they called you, you are not that. You are made in the image and likeness of God. Manifested Glory Worship Center. Kingdom focused, kingdom minded, kingdom living. This is the Rhema Talk Podcast, and you're listening to Pastor Damon C. Johnson, founder and senior pastor of Manifested Glory Worship Center. Um, I'm going to give you all my title. If you all don't mind, I'm going to give you my title a little bit, maybe five minutes from now. Is that cool? Cool. You got to deal with it because I'm not going to give it to you until then. All right. Genesis chapter one. Roll with me. Flow with me. Yeah, he said, who is this guy? Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1, we hear this, the story of creation. No, not story. We hear the history of creation. It's not a fairy tale. <clears throat> In Genesis chapter 1, God shows up on the scene. God creates everything. In seven days, six days actually, six days God creates everything. And uh, what's interesting is that after day one, he finishes, and then he says, and it was good. Day two, and it was good. Day three, and it was good. Well, in verse 25, we get to day six. Day six, it says, and God made the beasts of the earth after his kind, cattle after their kind, everything that creeps upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was that's right. Go ahead. Next verse. Verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now let me just give you a quick point before we go on to verse 31. It says, God created man in his own image. Now, the, the word image there in the Hebrew, it literally means like he sculpted man in his shape and form. Yeah. The male. Now, don't, I don't want no stones thrown this way, because I'm about to break this down. It's going to make you feel good when I say this talk, ladies. So, the man was created, because he said, he says, so God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So what happens is God creates man. We know his name is Adam, right? 
um, stand up for me, creates Adam in his own image. So Adam looks like God, right? He intentionally made man with something missing, okay? So he tells man to go on a task. He says, I want you to name all the animals. And as he's naming all the animals, and understand he names all the animals in day six. Because if you go to chapter two, chapter two explains the whole process of the creation of man and woman. So we see in verse, verse 27 that this all took place in day six. So God gives an assignment, right? God gives an assignment, he makes Adam. Adam's like, oh man, what are we look alike. This is my brother, y'all, so that's why I pulled him, right? <laughs> oh, we look alike, wow. So God says, I want you to start naming Adam. So he said, this is a lion and this is a lioness. You know, this is a tigress and this is a, you know, tiger, right? And he's going through and he's naming and he starts noticing something. It's a he and a she and it's a he and a she and there's a he and a she and a he and a she and a he and a she. Wait, where's my she? Sidebar. Ladies, a lot of times, men, can I just say, I'm going to say it anyway. A lot of times, until men realize that everyone else around them are committing, it doesn't really click in. Until they start seeing their homeboys clicked up, you know, like, oh, booed up. Then they start saying, oh, I, I think I need some of that. Brothers, how many times have you seen, had brothers say, man, I, I want what you got? Because, because it has to click. He has to realize that he has a need first. So God gives him an assignment. He feels lacking. So then God says, okay, I'm going to make woman. Now he did not take new dirt because we know that he took from the ground. He didn't take new dirt to make woman. Stand up. Get behind him. He performed the first surgery. He put him to sleep. Godly anesthesia. He sliced an area right on his side. He reached in and pulled out Eve. DNA construction. He used the DNA from Adam to make the woman. Now the woman, whoa, we get man, we get the, the, the part of mankind that has the womb, the womb man. So what God did in creating you sisters, see he got the image of God in Adam. So when, when the animals see Adam, they say, oh man, they look like God, right? But what he did was he took, he went inside of the image and he brought the image from the inside and made woman. This is why you reflect, you, you, you closer reflect the heart of God because you come from the inside of his image. And together, 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 God says we are co-laborers in this thing. See, this helps us to move further when I understand how I was designed, why I was designed. Why do you think it takes late, it's easy for ladies to shout and praise God? Because they're closer, they were made closer to the heart of God. They're more compassionate. You know, typically I've been on jury duty a few times. Typically they try to shut out all, if for the uh, defendant, they try to get rid of all the, bro all the men. Because they know men are like pretty, cut, you know, 
black and white. But, if, but you know, if, 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 if Catrice is here on that, on, on that seat, and, and, and it's a, they got a brother, you know, on the stand who looked like her brother. She can be like, oh, no, you know, maybe, maybe he deserves a second chance and stuff like that. And I mean, this, this is the game they play when they sit in there, no, you go home, no, you stay. No, you go home, no, you stay. So God pulled Eve out of Adam. And it was so much so, they were so identical that God literally, she didn't even have a name. Their, both their name was Adam. That's how in oneness they were. And see, this is the problem many of us have in relationships. I'm going to go here. It wasn't in my notes. But this is the problem most of us have in relationships is because we're constantly seeing each other as opponents. How, how many people have ever done the couch thing where you... <sighs> No, don't come over here. <laughs> because the enemy tricks us into thinking that we are on different teams. Like this is the Ravens and this is the Steelers. No problem, right? <laughs> no, but the, the enemy tricks us into believing that. That we're on different teams. And so even though teammates can argue, at the end of the argument, you got to come together and huddle and say, you know what, we're on the same team. Thank you, thank you. Give him a hand. So God made this man. Verse 31. Verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And I say it took place on the sixth day. God made man his crowning creation, and he, mankind, and he said it's very good. The reason why this is so important is we need to understand that we are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. Now, a masterpiece is the crowning jewel of an artist's work, right? You know, some would say Michelangelo's was the Sistine Chapel. Some would say that Leonardo's was the Mona Lisa, right? I don't know what they look at when they see the Mona Lisa. It just looked like a picture of a woman halfway smiling. I don't get it. But they say it's his crowning achievement. Many say this is the most. They, there are more songs written about the Mona Lisa than any painting in history. I mean, I don't get it because I'm not necessarily artsy like that, but it is. We are God's masterpiece. The one thing I realize about a masterpiece is that a masterpiece is not determined as a masterpiece by the onlookers. It is determined by the one who created it, by the artist. Let me give you a sidebar. Can I give you a sidebar? That's right. There we go. Never let those that didn't destine you to define you. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
Never let those who didn't destine you define you. The reason why I have to encourage some folks today about being a masterpiece is because there are some of us who, no matter how good our parents or how much our parents tried, you know, they said, you know, anybody ever remember the show Sanford and Son? You big dummy. It's all he heard. You big dummy. You big, big, big dummy. You big dummy. Every time, that's all Lamont heard. Lamont couldn't get out the junkyard. No matter how hard he tried, he could not get out the junkyard because it was junked up here. Even when he would get close, something would happen to pull him back to the junkyard. And, and his father would say, he said, you don't want this, all of this, my empire. And what many of us don't realize is that we are inheriting an empire of trash. You big dummy. Now, some of this stuff is learned behavior, and they just don't know any better. And they'll say things like this, and I, and, and I talk about our family and our family environment, those who are around us. Some of us have heard some of the most harsh things from people we love or who are supposed to love us. And, 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 and what happens is you're sitting there hearing this stuff, and then you become a byproduct of what you hear. You big dummy. And they'll say, I made you. You know, how many parents ever ever heard that? I made you. I could break you. I could take you in this world. I brought you in. Let me, let me tell you something. First of all, let's correct something. They did not make you. Let's, as much as we honor our parents and what they've done for us, they didn't make you. Because something you make, you get to choose. If I made a car, I would say I want it, I want a black car, I want it looking like this, I want, I want, you know, you know, you know, but if I, if, come on, let's be real, it's just the byproduct of a fun night. <laughs> they didn't make you. They didn't choose anything about you. You know how many beautiful people would be filling this world if parents actually chose? There, there would be no, you know, you know, what's his, what's his name? Hunchback of Notre Dame. There would be no, there would be no, there would be no um, flaws in any of us. So they didn't make you. They did not destine you. So don't let them define you. So I'm here today to tell you that you are a masterpiece, you have the master's peace. Now, masterpiece. And I want you to say it, let's say this with me. I am a masterpiece. I have the master's, I have the master's peace. <laughs> Now walk in, now masterpiece, I'm sorry. One more time, one more again, one more again.
I am a masterpiece. I have the master's peace. Now master peace. Now we have in, in, in our congregation our own artist. Now we have a lot of artists in here, but she actually has a business as an artist. Can, can Sister Tiffany come to the front? Sister, let me get the mic. And Sister Tiffany has her own business, and it's called The Perfect Palette. Um, just share with the congregation what your business is. I mean, um, it's a mobile art studio. Um, I just go to different places schools, churches, um, people's homes, and different places, and I instruct um, on how to create a painting step by step. Now, now, there's many of us in here who have participated, and it was Amen. amazing. Yes. Yes. Absolutely Thank you. amazing. Say the name of it. The Perfect Palette. That's right. <laughs> now, here's the thing. When they first started doing these, um, when she first started doing this, it was, it was very interesting because my wife participated in it, and I did not. I think it was during one of the plays we were doing. So I think, yep. And, and this was birthed here. Yes. That's, it's interesting how when you walk in the arts and the giftings of God, it births other arts and giftings of God. Amen. So my wife went and did it. And, you know, love my wife dearly. But, you know, you know, art, art, you know, artistically, you know, I've never seen anything. <laughs> you know, I've never seen anything. So I didn't, I didn't really have much confidence. I said, oh, like, oh, do what you do, right? You know, so she did what she did. And she came back and the thing was nice. And I was like, hold on, you did that? Oh, wow. So then she went to another one, and she brought another one home. I said, you did that? <laughs> now, typically, you know, I, I've always been able to draw, but I've never necessarily, I've never been really good at painting. Mm -hmm. But when I saw her and what her instruction did for her, it gave me confidence mm -hmm. to take yeah. a try at it. Now, Sister Tiffany is actually going to work on a piece of art, all right, as we go through. Don't mind her. She's just, just, she's just going to be flowing in her gifting. Here's what's interesting. When the, the, the first time I participated in one of these, when I first got here, it was so interesting because everything was already laid out for us. The tools were already laid out for us. And I saw on the table, there was, it was a couple's night, and there was so, it was so many it was tools everywhere. And I'm looking, and I'm like, and I'm getting a little overwhelmed. It's like, oh, it's maybe big for me, you know. Ooh. But, but I went ahead. And I, I, I actually, I'm, I want to get a volunteer to, to help me out. Can someone? Oh, go, come on up, come on up. She only know what she's going to do, don't you? You know, hey, look. <laughs> That's right. So the first thing that I noticed with Sister Tiffany and how she runs the perfect palette, the first thing I noticed is that the tools are already laid out. So if you could, Shakora, just name the tools 
on the table. Mm-hmm. Can you get a chair also, Mr. Bryan? Well, hold on. We need to hear this. There's an apron. There are paintbrushes. There's an easel. Mm -hmm. And I forget what this is called. Canvas. Yes, mm -hmm. the canvas. I have um, paper towels. I also have my cleaning cup of water for my brushes. Mm -hmm. And I have my paints. Awesome. Give her a hand, y'all. Oh. Now, you, you, missed, you missed something. You, you missed something. Markers? Someone else? There, there are markers on there, but you missed something else. Hmm, the table. See, but you asked me what were the tools. See, a tool is anything used to make work or a work easier. Unfortunately, this is how most of many of us operate. We totally ignore the table and chairs. And these two represent your faith. These two represent what keep you up. Imagine trying to do this for however long it takes, an hour or so, like this, with no table. So you're like this. But see, it is the most overlooked item right here. It's, most, it's the most overlooked. If, you know, if I had to challenge you to look a little closer, no one would have even named that, the table and the chairs. See, this represents your faith because this keeps you up. This, this, this saves your back. It's your support to finish the work. Thank you. Thank you, sister support. Awesome. But I want to go through a few of these items here. The canvas represents your future. It's a blank slate. It's blank. It's your future. It is what you make it. The, the paint represents your choices. The, 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 the brushes represent your work and your effort. It's an extension of your hand. You can have all the tools here. And if you don't put work to it, your faith is dead. You can sit down at the table. But if you never pick up a brush, you'll have no painting. The water represents the cleansing power of God. And, and, and L lastly, Sister Tiffany always has, if, is it okay if I turn this around? A portrait to guide. What you're to, what the, the, this is the work we're going to be working on. Now this portrait, this portrait represents your potential. You see, Oftentimes, God gives us our potential ahead of time. But because I'm focused on I can't paint, so I never sit down. Or I could never do that, so I never lift up my brush. 
So this represents your potential. And you say, hey, say, I'm not artistic. I don't know. But you never know until you sit down and pick up a brush. I, I'm reminded of Joseph with the, the, the coat of many colors. How God gave him a portrait of his future, of what he would be. He gave him a dream, remember? And he said, he said oh, everybody's going to bow to you. And, and, and Joseph held on to that. Despite being locked up, despite being betrayed by his family, despite being falsely arrested, despite being in prison, he held on to the potential, to the picture God gave, that word in your life. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. See, that's what the picture is. It's telling you where God wants you to be, where, what God has destined for you. But many of us allow those other folks, because they have attempted to define us. You know, I, I, I had a guy I used to work with, and he would say, he used to call women the B word, female dogs. All the time, called his daughter that. Uh, that's how he talked. He was real gritty. Uh, man, it's, uh, uh, and it's, uh. I said, why would you call? Well, you know, some of these women out there, they act like that. Uh, like Jerome. Uh. <laughs> and I simply said, if you hypnotize a man to act like a chicken, does that make him a chicken? You see, just because someone acts a certain way, that doesn't make them that. See, they are the image of God. And here is part of the problem. Let's see this. Do this. Do this. Do this. <laughs> Satan comes in through weak vessels. And because he doesn't like the image, because you are the image of God, you reflect God. So what he does is he does this. I never want you to see what you really look like. I never want you to know what you really are. If I can convince you that you are nothing, then you'll just be that son waiting on his, his dad to die to inherit a junkyard. He didn't do better for himself. He didn't make better choices for himself. So he's going to inherit you a junkyard. God says, I have a greater inheritance for you. I just read he gave us dominion. 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 Until you realize that you were not made to be what they called you. You have to realize that you are not made to be what they called you. I don't care if they called you an all-American dummy. I don't care if they called you a dummy, an idiot, the B word, the, the, you know, if they, whatever they called you, you are not that. You are made in the image and likeness of God. You reflect God's heart. That's why he took the woman. Let me, let me just go in on this. That's why he took her from the rib. He used the rib. The rib protects the heart all the vital organs. That's what the ribs do. 
when we did our play. He said, that's why a broken rib hurts, and I've had one. It's excruciating pain. Brothers, don't break your women. Don't break your rib. Don't break your rib. So Satan, he, what he does, he comes in and he says, no, that's not what you look like. That's not what you look like. And many of us wind up believing it. And we sitting there trying to paint this instead of this. It's all good. Instead of this. God says, you are a masterpiece. You're really good. I don't care how really bad life was for you. You are really good. You are really good. You say, no, they just said, they said I, I, I wasn't worth nothing. No, you're really good. Would, would, would Christ die on the cross for people who were worthless? Would he endure all the suffering and the pain and the shame for people who were nothing? Who were really, really bad? Turn with me to John chapter 14, verse 23. I'm not going to keep y'all long, you know, you know, just, God is just, he's awesome. Mm. John chapter 14, verse 23 and 27 through 27 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode. That means we will live with him. He that loves me not keeps not my sayings. The word which you hear is not mine, but the father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Then he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He said, peace I leave with you. You see, remember we said, you are a master peace and you have the master's peace. He said, I give you peace. I leave it with you. My peace I give unto you. See, I have the master's peace. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. He says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, God says, you are a masterpiece and I give you peace. Not the world's peace. That's a false sense of security. You see, because people in the world they don't have peace. You think because someone has billions, they have peace. Look at what was uh, Apple's founder? Steve Jobs. Searching, searching, trying everything to find a cure. He's got all the money a man could ever want. No peace. Money can't buy peace. Money can't buy peace. He says, not as the world gives, give I unto you. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You know, can I, can I go back for a second? You know, in this, 
image right we, here we have of God's work at hand. Sister Tiffany, because one thing I forgot to mention, Sister Tiffany represents the Holy Ghost. The instructor. The comforter. Now understand that the comforter only comes in when you're uncomfortable. Have to be uncomfortable for the comforter to comfort. So a lot of times he'll put you in uncomfortable positions to do uncomfortable things. Because in order for him to comfort, you have to be uncomfortable. Look at, the, look at the peace in which this is happening. How many people remember that MPT guy, Maryland Public Television, the, guy with the, the white guy with the afro? And you be sitting there like you turn the channel, you don't really want to watch it, but he'd be, mesmer, he be mesmerized. Like, like, yeah, and this is so good. And I'm just going to add some leaves right here. I'm just going to add some trees. <laughs> just some little trees. Little, little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> little tree fly. Little froth. Let me put some froth on it. Put some froth on it. <laughs> He's in like, get that froth, man. Get that froth. Get that froth. <laughs> I like that froth. He said, my. See, the Holy Spirit is the instructor. And he's always telling us what to and what not to do. And just like Sister Tiffany, one thing I noticed, she's very calm when she's, she's very calm when she's instructing it. It makes you feel like, like it's, you know, like it's a, something jazzy or something. It's just like, yeah, and you can do it. Don't worry. You can do it. Just, just use your pencil right here. Draw a line. Gosh, I can do it. Yes, I can do that thing. You have the master's peace. The Holy Spirit is with you. He's, he's guiding you. So sometimes he's going to put you in uncomfortable places. He's going to challenge you to do things that you've never done before. But then I see that last part of that verse where he says, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You see, God says, I give you peace. Now you have to master it. Because peace is not a gift given that automatically soothes the room. He tells his heart, he says, don't let your heart be troubled. I give you peace, so don't let your heart be troubled. Think about that. He tells you to tell your heart, don't be troubled. Because what's going to happen, you know, Mr. Could, you, could we get those? Uh, hey, y'all, today is just one of them days I'm feeling, I'm feeling kind of froggy, okay? <laughs> Okay, so we got, we're going to have a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know what we're going to do when the prayer line comes, but it's okay. <laughs> Watch this. This is why men are important in church. Amen. <laughs> to lift things, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> God is so good. This is, represents our, our mind. We walk around like this, and then grab that weight for me. We walk around like this, 
And what happens is something happens like what happened the other day, my tires start going, right? Going flat right before we made our trip. I just replaced the tires. It was real frustrating. Hold this for me, please. And so this is what happens to our peace. You'll be having a great day. Sun is shining, nice out. The car break down again. The doctor just gave you a bad report. And so things are constantly happening, and it's weighing down your peace. And so you're sitting there like, uh, uh. And God is trying to explain to us that we have faith. And our faith is what is our support system. You don't have to hold all of that. He said, your faith is going to hold you up. He said, cast all your cares on me, for I care for you. And, 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 and I'll be honest, look, for those who want to preach, let me just tell you, please, really think about this thing. Because every time you come up with a message, you challenge on that message. Not a game, y'all. Not a game. I was just putting the, the, the period on my message, and I get in my car, my f- flat tire, what? We're about to get on the road, we're running late. My peace. And then my rib, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. It's not in all that bad. It's not in all that bad. Guy, he grabbed the tire off, he put my spare tire on, said, y'all make the trip. He said, I'm going to take care of this tire for you. But, but, we, but we let this thing, we sitting there, and people trying to help us, but we want to carry around this stuff. You, know, you ever had somebody say, let's pray, and you're like, I don't feel like praying right now. Please, come on now, not right now. I'm, I'm dealing with some real stuff. I'm dealing with some real stuff. I don't want to pray. Stop being, sp- stop, don't be deep right now. Can I, can I be, tell the truth? Please don't, not right now. Come on, Tracy, please, not right now. Gosh, hey, time I come to a prayer. Did you pray about it? My wife used to always do that to me when we were dating. Every time I was coming with her, she said, did you pray about it? Please, woman, if you don't stop saying that. <laughs> just woman, you don't want to nurse. I just want to vent. I just want to yell. I just want to. She taught me, cast your cares on him. Once you realize that God has your back, doesn't matter what the bills say. Just be chill. You know what? Relax. Okay, they, 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 they let you go. God gave that to me. You're going to give me something else. God just closed the door because he wanted me out of there. But as long as we're carrying this around, God is following us. Minister B, just follow me. He's going to like, give it to me. Give it to me. No, 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 no. I want to carry this stuff. (laughs) And God is like, give it to me. Give it to me. No, 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 no. I don't feel like praying right now. 
See, once we master peace, but a very com important component of peace is faith. Peace, you cannot have peace without faith. You can't have it. You can't have peace without faith. Because what's going to happen is something's going to come to trouble your heart. And if you don't have something to fall back on and sit on, when the trouble comes, you're going to be knocked down. My mom used to say, don't be like the hard oak that can't move when the wind comes. She says, be like the palm tree that though it's rooted and grounded and it's firm in its foundation, can move with the wind. You see, we can, we can take, take this now. Thank you, minister. God is, look, all right, all right, y'all. Last bit, last bit. Turn. No, it's not the last bit. One, one more bit. Turn to Isaiah chapter 57, verse 19. It's going to bless you. God says, I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him that is afar off and to him that is near saith the Lord, and I will heal him. But the wicked are not like the trouble, but the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. That's why so many of those folks that you think got it all together wind up committing suicide. They're doing Oh, they look like, look good, and we mastered this thing in the church. I call it Joseph and Barbara. We mastered the Joseph and Barbara. The G.I. Joe, his full name is Joseph, right? G.I. Joe and Barbie. We mastered the plastic look. We master it. So nobody knows. So nobody can help you. See, we all want to come in and look like we got everything together. And then sometimes if you share, somebody can be and say, let's pray. Let's pray. He says there's no peace for the wicked. Now we're going to the close. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. When you got it, say, I got it. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. We're going to read through 41. Mm. Now, y'all going to say, hey, he's always reading this verse. But it was fitting. They got to come back. And the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And we talk about Jesus, okay? And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. Can you grab me a pillow, Minister Brian? If you can, yeah. There should be one back there. He was asleep on a pillow. And they wake him up and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish or die? Do you, do you care that we are going to die? He rose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. 
Can you put a little reverb in my mic real quick? I want to get them, I want to let them have the picture. A little bit more. I want some echo. Peace. Be still. Imagine that. God, Jesus wakes up. Thank you. He wakes up. He walks upstairs. He, the rain is falling down. And he says, peace. Be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Now, what's interesting to me, go to verse 40. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Now, he spoke peace, but then asked them, where's your faith? Because faith is essential for peace. He said, why are you so fearful? Where is your faith. Here's what's interesting. They're on a boat, and it was just like actually when we were coming back from convocation. We literally saw a storm. It looked like a tornado. You, did you see? And we had to go through it. And I knew there was no way around it. It's one, one road, and it was mountains and stuff. <laughs> And we literally saw it miles away. And then we went through it, and it was rain. I'm getting like, like, hold up, man. I'm trying to, I just wanted to come to church. <laughs> but I said, no, look at this. Mm. But here's the interesting thing about these apostles, at this time, disciples. Peace was on the boat with them. But they had to go down to get it. See, he was in the hinder part of the boat. The Bible says the boat already started to fill. So if the boat is filling, the hinder part is going to fill first. Jesus is chilling. Chilling. He is so much peace. That while the storm is going on, he is asleep. And the Bible says on a pillow. Like, what the what? The what? what did he even break up the pillow for? It means it was good sleep. He was getting it in. Think about that. He is asleep on a pillow. He has made his place in our hearts. Peace is asleep during all our situations. But notice, they did not come and ask for peace. They came downstairs and they asked for help. Help us, help us pull this, these oars. That's what they were doing. They were asking him to come and help with the boat to make sure that everything was going. Hey, we, we a man short. Hey, come on. We, we need the old men on deck. They're not asking for peace. I just, and God says, I, I gave you peace. Peace is on the boat. Peace is in you because he gave it to you. Peace is, peace is right downstairs. Peace is right downstairs. But how many people are going to actually go downstairs when the storm is coming? When the storms, when things start going bad, how many people do this? You would think that, you would think, with 
as many years as many of us have been in church, and as many years and many verses we read, this will be the first thing we do when trouble comes. But it's the, it's the last thing we think about. In fact, you're literally saying, please don't talk to me about that. Now, and I'm in church. I was in church. I was in church. I was, I, I was working. I was the head of the youth ministry and all of this stuff. And I'm sitting there like, don't, please don't tell me to pray right now. This is going through. And, and God was speaking through her and saying, cast your cares on me. See, the instructor was saying, use this brush. The instructor is telling us, use this brush. He said, how is it that you have no faith? Now, that's bad when Jesus say, because most of us get mad if somebody say, you ain't got enough faith or you don't got, folks get mad. No, I got faith. I got faith. I'm walking in faith. I'm believing. I'm trusting the Lord. It ain't working. <laughs> it ain't working. Jesus tells the future apostles of the church, why is it you have no faith? So if they were having problems activating their faith, why are we so big-headed to think that we can't grow in ours? Activate your faith. God has to put you in an uncomfortable position for the comforter to come in. He's going to ask you to do some uncomfortable things. I want you to, an example, I want you to trust me in your finances. It's uncomfortable. But he says, if you do it, the comforter comes in. He says, I, 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 want, you, I, I want you to give me, I want you to give me your marriage. You realize if you give God your marriage, anybody seen that, that picture of the triangle? God, the husband, the wife, and the closer both of you start moving towards God, because what happens is we start trying to move towards each other, and what happens is like a repelling effect. Because stuff happens, and, and life happens, and you keep trying to do this, and things keep getting in the way. And so God says, no, move towards me, and I'll bring you closer together. If the two of you would just get in alignment and move towards him together. I tell everybody, marriage is a blessing. Don't listen to how other folks redefine what God has made. Marriage is a blessing. The Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. But what happens is we say, God, where'd you give me this bad thing? And God is saying, no, I gave you a good thing. And you need to keep speaking. That's my good thing. That's my good thing. That's my good thing. When, 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 uh, thing, when other things start coming by looking a certain way, you need to say, that's my good thing. That's my good thing. That's my good thing. What did Bishop say? Everything that's good ain't God. Everything that look good ain't God. Got an extra O in there. See, you start drawing closer together. 
Start drawing closer to God. Just, you know what? You make your time your time and his time his time, then y'all come together, and bam! You'll be like, wow, I never knew I could love this person like this. And then when the storm comes, and if both of you are saying, this is why I'm challenging, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to take my seat. I'm challenging men. Men. I need, you need to pray. For some reason, for the reasons I just stated, it's easier for women to pray. We are all familiar with our grandmothers praying. How many people are familiar with their dads or their grandfathers praying? Because Satan wants to do this. He wants to cover up your image so you don't know that you're supposed to look like God. So, you're supposed to, so your position in your house doesn't have to be the one who yells the loudest. Speak softly. Pray. And you don't got to be articulate. You don't have to be articulate. Don't try to pray like Minister Sheila. I mean, you know, hey, look, look. Now, this, this is season right here, right? You know, I was trying to get a five at least. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but stop thinking you got to pray like that. Just talk to God. Start off with grace. If grace is... God is great. God is good. Lord, I thank you for my food. By your hands, will you fed? Give us, Lord, our daily bread. Add your own flavor to it. You lead your family. Young men, pray. God is calling for men to rise up and pray. And don't wait till somebody asks you to do it. Just start doing it. Thank you for listening to the Raymond Talk Podcast. To listen to this message or past sermons, download the Mixcloud app in the Google Play or iTunes Store. Go to mgwc.net to join and get the latest church announcements. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. Thank you again for listening to the Raymond Talk Podcast. Hope you join us next time.